If you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. Today's chat's been brought to you by International Horse College. We have a mission to improve the welfare of horses throughout the world through the safe education of riders, handlers and trainers and that's what these chats are all about. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Now today we're going to have a guest on who's been on before and that's Hannah Weston. And what I really liked about Hannah is she said that our top priority should be the health, happiness and well-being of the horse. Okay, so I think just that herself, you'll get to know the type of person that Hannah is and how much she respects her horses. She's got a business called Connection Training. It's connectiontraining.com. You'll find her online. But she's now going to talk about 10 ways to connect with your horse. How are you, Hannah? I'm very well. Thank you for having me back. Oh, that's okay. Look, great talking to you and anyone with good information for us. You know, things that we can learn more about our horses and with sort of welfare and safety, our highest priority, so you well and truly fit into that category. Yeah, absolutely. It's all, all about the horses. Yeah, yeah. Now, I know that you like to connect with your horse. You know, I mean, you sort of talk about it, and I think anyone that's interested will go and find your your website as well, which is Connection Training. But while we're chatting away, talk to us about ways to connect with your horse, and I know that you like just hanging out with your horse. So would you like to talk about that first? Yeah, so connection is really about building the relationship and the communication between you and your horse. And I think a really good place to start is meeting your horse in his world because they spend, you know, 23 hours a day with the horse herd um, and that's, you know, a big chunk of their life. So just spending some time with your horse in their stable or in their field, even better with their herd and kind of getting into horse time. So, you know, really just observing your horse his kind of preferred companions, what he likes to browse, how he interacts with the world as well. So something spooky happens or, you know, people walk past the field or there's different horsey interactions going on in the herd. Mm-hmm. How does he react to that? Is he quite a relaxed horse, quite alert? And then how does that really like, you know, compare to how the horse that you see in training and handling? I think you can really learn a lot just by taking that time to see your horse in in his kind of home environment. Mm-hmm. It's a really nice way just to relax as well, wind down with the horse and get into, like I say, get into horse time with them. I think if you've got, you know, 23 hours a day that they're in their field or their stable or wherever they are, and then one hour a day with you out, if there's a big difference, you'd have to ask yourself why, wouldn't you? Yes, absolutely. And, it, and it's also just being more aware, I think, you know, it's quite often quite a big abrupt change for the horse between just idly grazing and ambling around with their friends to, you know, we come in and <laughs> ask a lot of things of them and take them into a busy environment. And this kind of just is a way to connect with your horse and begin to make that transition a little bit easier and that you're already kind of together before yep. you do that. Yeah. Now, this casual connection time, you know, if you talk about casual connection time, is that once they're out of their own environment, in your environment, but just still with that casual connection without asking and, you know, expecting them to perform the whole time. 
Exactly. So it's kind of taking that connection further. So as you've just kind of started to um, get in tune with your horse in the field, like I say, it can be quite a big change. And especially, you know, we've all got such busy lives that trying to fit everything in, there's often like a big list of chores that you've got to do, you've got a set time before you have to get to work. Like, um, And so the casual connection time is just trying to take that relaxed uh, time with your horse from the field into the human time, if you like. Um, so yeah, it's casual connection time can be anything that your horse enjoys. Um, but just being aware of keeping it calm. So it might be like, uh, grooming your horse, but really paying attention to the bits that they like to be groomed on or their favorite brushes, or maybe as you lead your horse in from the field, you just take the time to kind of explore together a little bit, you know, whether it's poo sniffing or browsing the hedge or sniffing noses with another horse they don't normally get to say hello to or just being with your horse a little bit more as you take them from their field into you know start getting more connected with them Mm. um, and a work up to the training or the riding yeah yeah now I know that when people aren't connecting with their horse they're obviously you know a bit sometimes not always but sometimes a bit tense and nervous when people are tense and nervous they do forget to breathe so how important is the breathing in this connection time? Uh, I come back to breathing all the time. It's amazing mm-hmm. how often we forget. Or we don't forget to breathe, obviously, but we forget to, we start, the breath starts to get um, kind of shallow and rushed. And there's been some really interesting studies where showing the horses match their um, breathing and heart rate to that of their handler. So okay. you can imagine yes. that <laughs> if, our, if we're tense, rushed, our breathing's tight and rushed, our heart rate's raised. That's not going to really help our horses to relax. Mm. And, of course, that tension is one of the biggest things that people get with horses. They are flight animals, so they tend to be more kind of spooky, alert, and um, just spending time coming back to your breathing, first on the ground, but also in the saddle as well. Just being really mindful, taking deep breaths into your nose, out through your mouth, but getting your breath a bit lower and slower and deeper in your body. If you've done any kind of Pilates or singing lessons or yoga or anything they do a lot of breathing work and it's amazing how the horses really respond when you just slow down become aware of your breath and you'll often see them taking deep breath themselves or just relaxing a little bit suffering lowering the head blowing out kind of just licking and chewing releasing any tension um, and I think it makes you a nicer person for your horse to be with as well as helping everybody just settle get more into the moment and really being together yeah, yeah. So you're really focusing on the quality of the breathing. I thought it was quite interesting, you know, about the uh, the matching of the breathing and the and the pulse. You know, if someone is tense and nervous, of course the horse is going to go off that. Um, but if yeah. the person's more quiet and relaxed, then the horse is going to be quiet and relaxed. Is that the same with walking together? Do people walk in motion with their horse or not? Or is there any correlation? Or talk to us about walking together with the horse. Yeah, I mean, horses are so sensitive to movement generally. I mean, mm-hmm. um, as a, a herd, uh, the behaviourist Lucy Reese has done some fantastic work on looking at um, synchrony in horse herds and how they um, really basically practice kind of matching their movements to each other. And what this does is get them um, really tuned into each other so that if they have to stampede away from danger, they can um, stampede as a herd. And um, it's about, you know, really move stay because their safety depends on them staying as a herd so they've got to be so aware of each other and be able to really tune into the tiniest movement so that they can stay together even in a really high pressure situation like that and and so I think we can kind of tap into that 
at a low level with our horses as well. So they begin to to do that synchrony just at, you know when they're grazing or walking together, and you'll see them mirroring each other. Um, and again, this goes back to just hanging out with your horse, like observe your horse and who they choose to mirror with in the field and who they'll walk graze nose to nose with and walk around with. Um, so, yeah, as when we're interacting with our horses, they respond to all of our movements and generally just being a bit slower, a bit more deliberate and aware can really help to make that clearer and calmer. And one of the things that I like to do is to start to to walk together. It's one of the first behaviours that we really train at Connection Training and to start to really get the communication in with your horse. And the first piece is just matching your horse's natural rhythms. Every horse has a natural uh, stride and rhythm, which will depend on their personality, their uh, size, their conformation. And just instead of trying to make your horse do something at the beginning, just find walk with your horse in their Mm -hmm. natural pace. And then as you start to get more in sync, you can gradually start to change it, whether that's just slowing it down or speeding it up, lengthening it out, introducing turns and curves and bends. And then your horse will start to, to come with you. And just taking that time again to focus on the breathing, the movement and being together sets up an amazing uh, kind of connection and place of communication with your horse right from the start. I like the next point that you've got about exploring together. It's sort of like, you know, you, you, you see a couple of kids and they go out exploring and it's so exciting and one finds something and the other one finds something and, you know, just the thought of going out exploring with your horse makes you feel like a kid again. You know, what's yeah, going absolutely. to be exciting. Yeah, yeah. I often try and feel like a kid. That's one of my aims because when you're a kid, recapturing that just joy of just being with a horse and um, not having, again, all these pressures and things you're supposed to do gets you more in the moment and actually opens up the, the communication so much more and really allows you to be able to achieve things. So I, mm-hmm. I love that you picked up on that. Um, but yeah, exploring together is really nice. So it can be in hand. I actually really like exploring in hand. Um, I love riding as well and going out riding, but there's a kind of different type of connection when you're uh, on the ground. So mm-hmm. Yeah, really just fostering your horse's curiosity. It's really enriching taking them out because they get to see a whole different environment and lots of things they don't normally get to see at home. Um, it builds their confidence going out and about and it really gets, you know, as you say, the two of you exploring <laughs> together. So, yeah, 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 <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, it's really nice to do. Now, I'm just thinking about the training and riding and obviously you make that rewarding, but tell us how you make the training and the riding rewarding? Um, so, well, connection training is a reward-based technique. Yep. So it is based on, uh, yeah, fostering feelings of uh, joy, confidence, positivity, success, um, and all of the things that we've already talked about have kind of begun to do that anyway. So that real key of like working together, being relaxed, your horse enjoying it, and keeping it interesting. And so, Whenever I'm training anything, I look at how to really set the horse up for success so that they're going to be able to do it, which means working at the level of challenge that's right for the horse and really enabling them to be able to do what you're asking. And then saying yes. So somehow I often use a word or a marker, but just something really clear that is, yes, that's right, that's really good. And then backing up with a a reward. So the reward, I mean, you can use a lot of different rewards, and I do. Food is a really powerful reward. I know, at, like bucket time on a yard, yep. how excited the horses get just by a little bit of bucket, food in a bucket. Like it's mm, a really mm, powerful mm. 
motivator. But of course, you've got to know how to do it so that they stay relaxed and polite. They don't start pushing or mugging or just get so focused on the food, they lose connection with you. So a lot of the work we do at the beginning is just like establishing relaxation around the food and making sure that it the, the connection is the priority and the food is a an extra rather than it being just all about the food yeah um, and using lots of other rewards as well so this is really going to depend on your horse so again coming back to observing their natural preferences you know it can be as something as simple as if you've got a horse who likes to go if they stay slow and um considered and thoughtful with you for a, a little while then you know allowing them to go for a little canter or the same thing the other way around if you've got a horse who's a bit steadier then um if they give you some really nice forwards go hey that's great okay let's go do some stationary stuff let's go and stand on a pedestal or um, <laughs> walk over some poles or something that they really enjoy just really taking in their their personal preferences and trying to build in a, as much of that those rewarding feelings and successful feelings into the time together as possible stop I need to interrupt this chat for a hot-off-the-press notification. That is, that the latest version of the book, 101 Careers in the Horse Industry, is now available, and the best news is that it's a free download. So if you work in the horse industry, if you have a plan to work in the horse industry and have a career in the horse industry, or if you know someone who plans to have a career in this fabulous industry, then this is an essential book for you to read now, and then keep as a reference as you progress through your career. With over 100 jobs to choose from, you'll probably find at least one that you'd happily do without being paid. So simply go to internationalhorsecollege.com, scroll down to the bottom of the page, and click on the 101 Careers in the Horse Industry button to receive your free career book. Imagine, maybe one day you could be a guest on Horse Chats. And you said before about the level of challenge, you know, but if there is a problem, and problem solving. How can we do that together? I think this is one of the best things about reward training is that even overcoming existing problems can mm -hmm. be fun and actually build your relationship. It doesn't have to be something that you both kind of dread. And I know in the past I have experienced that where it's like, oh God, we've got to face this thing. They hate like trying to get a horse into a trailer, for example, that doesn't want to go. Like it can turn so easily turn into a fight. Um, but because we're looking at, at really building these positive emotions, then we work at the level that is uh, right for the horse. So for, let's carry on with the, the loading example is you take them up like maybe as you're starting to approach the trailer, they start to show signs of getting anxious, of like being a bit resistant to go forwards or, um, you know, just starting to, to show that that tension. So we just stop there and we'll breathe and we'll relax and we'll do some fun games and we'll give them some nice rewards and then we'll take them away. And the next time as you start to approach it, they're like, hey, that wasn't so bad. I can, uh, I can do that again. They start to feel more relaxed as they approach it. And you just build up step by step until you've got a horse who, well, might not uh, voluntarily load into the yeah, box yeah. at liberty all the time. I have to kind of keep them out of the way while I bring the ramp down because it creates such such joy. And, and as you are problem solving, whether that's overcoming a problem or even just teaching them something new, teaching them some lateral work or how to engage their movement or how to jump or to go out hacking confidently, it really comes down to this whole um, taking it at your horse's pace, building the communication, making it rewarding and giving them a say in the process as well. So giving them the space to kind of take the time and go, oh, actually, yes, I can take a step forward or, oh, I can, let me see if I can jump that jump on my own and just really giving them some space to, to work it out, which is quite empowering, but also 
making sure that the challenge is the right right level of the horse and that the whole process is something that you're doing together um that is yeah fun for both of you yep yep now what about getting the horse on to load but horses that almost avoid the mounting block you know like you go to lead them to the mounting block and they bring their front legs and their head up and they swing their quarters away or you get them lined up you move your mounting block you've got it all organized and then they swing their quarters away yeah. What would you do then to work on their connection at the mounting block? The mounting block is really the transition from the ground to the saddle. So okay, yes. we've talked a lot about building the connection on the ground. And what often happens is when people mount, I think the horses kind of lose you a little bit. And, you know, so you spend a lot more time interacting with the horse on the ground. They're, they've evolved to have their horse herd around them rather than on their back. And I think often the time isn't put in to really maintain that relationship and connection in the saddle. We often ask for quite a lot quite quickly. Um, and so I think then horses can often get anxious about being ridden or um, sometimes when they turn around, they literally just want to keep you at their head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's like, okay. you know, what they want um, but of course, if they're avoiding the mounting block, there can be a lot of issues around, you know, ill-fitting tack or um, any kind of pain or discomfort being ridden. All of those things need to be checked out as well. But in terms of training, the mounting block is the place where you can teach your horse that it's still you up there mm-hmm. and that you're still going to be soft and rewarding and communicate and give them a voice and work together. You're just in a different position. Um, and I actually really love training the mounting block because it's such a... Uh, oh my gosh it's just the best feeling when you stand on a mountain block and your horse willingly voluntarily comes over and mm-hmm. lines up at liberty yeah let's go for a ride together yep. and so again looking to create those feelings of of togetherness and positivity so begin starting off just can I go and first of all not without the mountain block just you know step back and put my hand over my horse's back at the saddle area and if I can like hey reward great let's walk on we'll try that again um, and then start to take that to the mounted block. And I actually spend tons of time at the block just um, climbing up and down, leaning over their backs, giving them treats from the other side, scratching their ears, scratching their tail, you know, getting on, getting off, and really just taking the time to make sure that the connection is as solid with my horse when I'm on their back as when I'm on the ground. And you can tell when it is because they'll line up happily, they'll stand quietly because you've put in all this time of teaching yep, them. Yep. Oh, it's fun. And then when you get on, they kind of like their attention's already with you. And a lot of times when people mount, the ho- as soon as they get on, the horse's attention switches from them to off we go, off in front doing things. Um, and that's a really big sign of disconnect. So you want to make sure that as soon as you're on, your horse's attention is back on you. You're still working together. And from there, you're connected from your very first step of riding. So how can we do that? You know, we're on the horse and we want to maintain the connection. How can we connect through our seat? So just like, again, on the ground, we've Mm -hmm. talked a lot about having your own awareness um, as well as setting up the right challenge for your horse, making things clear, making it rewarding. It's exactly the same ridden. Um, So when you ride, you have these you have a combination of internal and external cues. So your external cues are all the things you've had to teach, like rain cues, voice cues, leg cues, that kind of thing. And that's really important that they are soft and that they're clear that your horse understands them. But your internal cues come back to these things like how you move, the way that you sit, the way that you're breathing. Um, And they respond hugely both uh, on the ground and in the saddle. But I think when you're riding you're so influential to their uh, movement it's almost even more important to be aware of how you're you're sitting mm-hmm. so again start off with 
breathing. Taking deep breaths is really nice to start to breathe in with the rhythm of their stride. So can you breathe in for four steps and breathe out for five, that kind of thing. Um, and then just starting to really relax. So again, a lot of people hold tension in their hips, the lower back. So I like to think of like your buttocks are like caramel kind of drooping down the saddle, allowing your legs just <laughs> to hang heavy. Um, and already that as you release that tension, you'll start to be able to feel more of your horse underneath you and they'll start to be able to feel you as well. And it'll really open up that communication. And then as you start to allow your seat, finding that movement of the seat bones, working in time with the hind legs, that's just the same as the synchronizing the, the movement on the ground with your horse. You start to, to move in time with them um, in the saddle and it allows the communication to get so much more uh, stronger, but also it really relaxes the horse as well. So um, as you get into their their movement and into alignment and balance you'll see that they often like ah again come back to that relaxation that stretching breathing out and then um as you follow their movement it's much more much easier to influence it to start to slow it stretch it out start to bend it once you're already connected through the seat and in the, the movement and balance with your horse and then obviously you can take it to whatever exercises you want to do on yeah, the saddle. Yeah. once you've got that established yeah yeah talk to us about dismounting to reconnect when would we do that yeah I this is really important to me so I mean I was taught this myself and uh, it happens so often that we're taught to stay on that if something happens and your horse gets tense or you, either you start to get disconnected or worried or upset that you've got to stay on otherwise the horse is winning and for me that's not the right way to look at it because you and a ho your horse are a partnership. So it's not about you or your horse winning. You either both win or you both lose as far yeah, as I'm concerned. Okay, okay. And if you have um, a negative experience, then you, you both lost it in that. Mm -hmm, in mm -hmm. So what we're really trying to make is that the riding is a positive, joyful uh, thing that you do together. And therefore, if you, things start to go a little bit pear-shaped, that um, your horse spooks, disconnects, stop listening, you get tense, worried, anxious about what might happen next, then just hop off <laughs> and okay. reconnect to the ground. And what I think is really important here is, again, that you're a partnership. So we always work to the level of the one who's kind of struggling most, I suppose. So sometimes that's going to be your horse and sometimes it's going to be you. But whoever, um, if you've got confidence issues and I've overcome them myself, so I know what feels like it's really important to kind of honor that in yourself as well as your horse so as well as respecting your horse's anxiety or struggles to respect yourself as well mm -hmm. um and so if either of you is starting to feel you know like anxious or that you're not going to be able to get through this positively together when you're riding then I really recommend people just dismount. And from there, you can go back to all of the tools we've already talked about, just breathing, softening, reconnecting, getting your horse back with you. And then you can uh, hop back on. And because you've taught them to line up at the mountain block, no matter what you climb on, a fence or a tree stump or a bench, your horse is gonna line up and be like, hey, yeah, I'm ready for you to get back on again. And, and we can continue this together. And for me, that means that you've both won, that it's been a, uh, you've taken what could have been a not very pleasant situation and you've made it one where you've been really trustworthy for your horse, that you have um, really prioritized the, success and joy of the time that you two spend together and it gives you both the confidence and trust in each other to be able to handle new things in future and as you and your horse both build confidence and communication in the saddle you'll find that you know you have to get off less and less and um, but if you're working with a green horse or you're anxious then you might be dismounting quite a lot at the beginning but the more good experiences you have the more you can stay connected in mm -hmm. the saddle and get anything so 
I know there will be a lot of people very happy to hear that, Hannah. You know, yeah. the fact that if you get off, sometimes it's the best thing, particularly if your horse is getting a bit nervous or a bit stressed and you staying yeah. on is going to make the whole situation worse if you can get off and do some groundwork, you know, reconnect with your horse and then when things are going well to get back on. So I'm sure a lot of people will be going, oh, thank goodness, that's what I feel like doing. I'm glad to know that, you know, I'm doing the right thing there. Yes, mm. absolutely. And you're right. So many people um, have said to me, wow, that's, you know, really helped and it's really nice to know that I can do that because the problem is once you start to lose that connection, um, you've got to be able to feel relaxed and confident in order to get it back. So mm -hmm. if it's not going that way, then um, you're much better to hop off and, and get it back on the ground and then continue riding when you're both working together again, nice and relaxed and have a really positive, successful experience. Good. Another one Good. under the belt <laughs> rather than any negative experience, which yes. can cause repercussions for a long time. Yep, yep. Hannah, this has been really good. I think people want to connect with horses. I think that people start off and, you know, we've got that special relationship with horses and that connection, it's just magic, you know, when it all happens, when everything's happening together. So, you know, I think that's your strength is that you're able to do that. And if people want to contact you about this, you know, whether it's to contact you to ask questions, to um, get some training or just, just have a bit of a chat, what's the best way for them to contact you? Um, the best place to go is the website, which is yep. connectiontraining.com. Mm -hmm. And you can also find us under Connection Training on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram as well. Perfect. All right, Hannah, thank you for coming and taking the time again to talk to us. We look forward to talking to us again because I know you've got a lot more knowledge there where you're coming from. So hopefully we'll catch up again soon. Thank you very much. I've really enjoyed being back on. Thanks, Hannah. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate, and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below.